Good afternoon. Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today reading Titus 1 in the NLT. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to read your word. So much fun. Love to hear from your word. Love to hear from you, Lord. And I know all I have to do is read the Bible. The world is full of such contention, people locking arms and fighting against themselves and involved in these polarized, galvanized battles, trying to find peace, trying to find truth. But you said you are the way, the, the truth, the, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to you but through the Father. Thank you, blessed Lord Jesus, for being the truth. All we have to do, Lord, is walk with you. You promised to walk with us. So, Lord, walk with us now as we hear the words from your Father through the Holy Spirit. Guide us. We thank you, Lord, for these books. We thank you for the men that you inspired to write them so that we could hear your words plainly, most plainly through men. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the day and for strength. Help us to push ahead, forge ahead, to walk the narrow path. For the way is broad to destruction, and many there be that go on it. But narrow is the gate, and narrow is the path, and that way is tribulation, and few there be that find it. May we all find it together as we read your word. Amen. Titus 1, greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. It's a slave. I forgot what that word was. I've seen some translations that says servant. And I know there's a connotation, slave. People don't like that word. But really, we are a slave of God. We are giving God our will. Um, I surrendered my will to God. And that means I don't get to always do what I want. Jesus surrendered his will. He said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. He went to the cross. In fact, I just heard that, you know, Mount Moriah, where Isaac was, was the same um, place where Golgotha was. And that Isaac was not really 13 or 14 years old. He was in his 30s in Genesis. So I'm thinking he was exactly like Jesus. He was a big man. And he surrendered his will to his father, Father Abraham, but but the Lord spared his life. He wasn't just a little kid, he was actually in the same age as Jesus. Isn't that weird? And yet he surrendered his will. May we all surrender our wills to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, through self-control, and through knowing that our Father's will, while tough in the short term, is best in the long term. I've been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. I want to be chosen, it makes me feel good. I Many times I tried out for a team and I always got not picked. I never made the roster, never made the volleyball team. Then I'd walk away and I'd feel embarrassed and my cheeks would be burning and I would feel like, yeah, I know it sounds like a sob story because it is. I just felt very embarrassed. I felt like why bother even try? Why, why even try to do anything in life? But you know, I gotta say, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good right now. All those things were just the, the pains and tribulations of, of a high school kid trying to find his way, of a young man, you know, of a boy in public school who got rejected, or got beat up, or got disrespected, you know, and I don't feel so bad anymore. If that's what God had to do to me so that I would reach for him in my later years, man, you know what? I'm supercalifragilisticexpialidocious cool. 
Because it ain't how you start out that counts, it's how you finish. And like the man says, it's not how you feel, it's how you look. Are you marvelous? This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. God does not lie. God does not lie, and Jesus does not lie. God cannot lie, will not lie, and God tells the truth. When everyone gets angry at the politicians for telling them what they want to hear and then say, oh, he didn't tell us the truth, did you expect him to? He was looking to your votes so he could get into office. Did you expect him to tell you the truth? We all want that, but they all lie. But God can't lie. And now at just the right time, he has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. I am writing to Titus, my true son in the faith, that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior give you grace and peace. God is our Father. Jesus is our mediator, our Savior, and he's at the right hand of the Father right now. God is alive. Christ is alive. If God is with you, God is for you. Honestly, who can be against you? Who can be against you? People can pester you, argue with you, annoy you, make you a little afraid. But really, they can only do that for the short term. Nobody's against you. Your salvation and destiny is assured. I left you on the island of Crete so that you can complete your, our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. For an elder must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. I'm not an elder, I'm a deacon in my church. I came to the church, didn't really know what I could do, just kind of like stood by the pastor, watched him greet people, was kind of shy, didn't really want to do that, but I can open the door for people as they come on a Sunday morning and say, Happy Lord's Day. I can do that. I know the people now. That's a very easy job to do. I don't think it's any big deal. I can straighten chairs. I can set up tables. If they have a potluck, we haven't had one for a long time, but maybe we will have a soup potluck. I can, I can buy some bread. I don't mind doing that at all. I don't mind doing the little things. I guess one day I'll have to do big things. Maybe I'll have to be an elder one day if our church makes it. You know, it doesn't have a lot of numbers right now. I'm not really kind of holding out hope for the next three years. I know that sounds pretty negative, but honestly, they close some churches, maybe they'll close mine. You know, I guess I came to the church five years ago with more, as they say, piss and vinegar, thinking that the church would grow. And this was like, wow, I finally made it to the right church, the Sunday church, the new covenant church. And I really expected people to be a little bit more intentional, a little bit more disciplined. And I've been very disappointed. And I guess I really, there's nobody I need to look at and change than, than myself. I need to be the change that I see in the world. To be honest, you can't get things done if you're just one man. I mean, maybe Jesus could. I was thinking Jesus changed the world. He was only one man. Could I change the world? I don't know how I could. Then again, we've been reading about Exodus and Moses said, not me, Lord, I can't do nothing. God is the one who changes the world. He just works through people. I honestly don't know how to turn around my church. I really don't. 
I've just been kind of going crazy. Maybe I'm a Sigma, maybe I'm a Sigma empath. And I was looking at a video. Maybe I want to be a Sigma empath because it just sounds powerful. Like a lone wolf. And it says a Sigma empath cannot control his emotions. He tries to keep things in check for other people and he's very patient. But when he blows his stack, just gets very angry. And I have been very angry here. Today I had a lot of little shrimp babies and guppy babies and I threw them into a five gallon. And I thought, God, it's so good. I just love to see the fish swimming around. It gives me peace. And at the same time, I was just angry about how things are going. And I just, our Bible study is just threadbare. We keep saying we're people of the Bible, we're people of the book, but our church doesn't show it. And why should I care what other people think? Why should I, why should I have a carrier burden for my church? The church is a collection of people. I can't save anybody. I can only save myself by giving myself to Jesus to be a slave. I can't influence other people if they don't want to come to the Bible study. How can I motivate them, you know? How can I give the world the alpha male Jesus that it should be given? How can I influence the guys in the gym all by myself? They're alpha males, man. They want to stomp around. They want to um, growl at the weights. They want to swear and curse out loud. They want to push those weights and, and growl really loudly and make loud jokes and, and all the girls are looking at them. Those are the kind of guys that Jesus died for. You think they're gonna to respond to, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves you. Not those dude, not the dudes I'm seeing. Not those dudes. Those dudes wanna see an alpha male Jesus. And all we have created in the Christian church in the last 20 years is a sappy, simpy, wimpy, crappy, apologetic, head bowed down, uncertain, unconfident Jesus which none of these guys will ever respond to, not a one of them. I don't know how to do this. Verse seven, for an elder must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. There's a lot of that in our church. A lot of, a lot of people who talk too much and do very little. They talk up a big storm, don't come to church, don't help, don't care. You know, when people like that don't come to church, Nobody misses them because the church goes on. But when people talk up about leaders in the church and the leader quits out of anger, the church takes a step, falls a little bit more and takes a step, one step closer to extinction. It says, this is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. Well, I guess, you know, I mean, Paul was having problems with people and they wanted to go back to circumcision, right? They wanted to go back to circumcision of the body, which was part of the old covenant, instead of worrying about circumcision of the heart. Same thing, people wanting to go back to the Sabbath day and go back to, you know, dressing up with beards and going back to food laws and stuff as a corporate thing, corporately. Some lady, um, actually some lady, I shouldn't say that. My superintendent, um, her a husband and a wife team, called me up and said, would you like a ham? Would you like to eat some ham? We, we've eaten some ham today. Ham is not really my thing. As a member of the other Sabbath church, I did not even eat ham. I've never eaten shrimp and pork. 
and stuff like that. And, you know, my friend invited me to his house, you know, Baptist friend invited me to his house at Christmas. I had a ham. And I, my first thought was like, no. But then I thought, what? do I want to insult these people that just called me up out of the goodness of their heart? And it was six o'clock. I said, sure, I'll come over for it. The lady brought it over. It was uh, it was ham, two slices of ham. Um, and it was vegetables. And I ate it. And it was very tasty. And it hit the spot. Wasn't too much, wasn't too little. And she's like very, you know, if you don't want it, you can throw it away. I said, you know what? I'm going to eat this right now. It was very tasty. And, you know, the fact that her, her and her husband were both thinking of me to give me this extra ham. And I was really appreciative of it. You know, they didn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So why am I talking about this? Because this is all the food laws. This is corporate, corporate laws. If you don't want to eat ham as an individual thing, and it's part of your Christian New Covenant experience, why not? I personally don't eat it. I don't really think that the pig will ever be healthy. My Baptist friend said that it doesn't have a liver. I don't really eat that kind of meat out of health reasons. But this, but, but before, I didn't eat any of that meat because I was just scared of it because it was like unclean. But the fact that these people thought of me today, I was really touched. I said, thank you so much. You did not have to do that. She said, we cooked, well, I made a ham and, you know, um, I just, I had so much of it. I just thought we could, they, they wanted to share. Anytime somebody wants to share with me, I thought, okay, what do you want? You want money? What do you want? No. It says, verse 11, they must be silenced because they are turning away whole families from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it only for money. That's, that's the problem with where I came from. You know, they talk about the Sabbath, but they didn't, they just sold books. They sold books. And this guy is used to be in my other church as well. And he was like, he's on YouTube. And he's saying that, you know, they are saying all these terrible false things. And I used to be really upset by it, but I'm not anymore. Because it says, I think I'll actually, because it says here in the Bible, and I'm going to actually go to this. I was really upset um, when these people would teach these things when I first came out. But you know what? I'm not. It says here, Second Peter 2. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Even going back to the Old Covenant. Going back to, you know, guys wearing beards and, and going back to all these weird, um, you know, they're interesting things, but it's not part of the Christian walk. Saying that you're a Christian, but then going back to all of this Torah stuff and Torah observance stuff. It's going backwards. This is what it says, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. The people from my former church don't care about truth. They just want to sell the books of the false, toxic, grandiose narcissist that wrote them, of the false prophet of the Antichrist lady who's who's under the curse of Galatians 1, 6-9. They don't care about truth. They're just pushing her foolishness. They don't care about the Lord Jesus Christ and just loving Him and then following Him and doing what you think He wants you to do. They're not talking about Him. They're talking about this other lady, this Queen of Heaven lady, this blasphemy who said she was speaking for God. She's not speaking for God. It's the same thing. But the problem is these people are so gullible. You know, once you have been deceived and, and once, once you have crossed the line of narcissism, 
most people never never revisit it they never come back they never ever uncross that line and say you know i might be wrong about this maybe i've been taught something that's wrong maybe i'm the one who's wrong pride and ego and entitlement and narcissism does not really allow you to go backward to go to backtrack and see if you could be wrong it's people who think i've got this i've arrived i was given the truth and i'm better than you are that's what entitlement is sad very sad it makes you want to cry it'd be funny if it weren't so sad it says they do it only for money at the end of verse 11. every one of these own men even one of their own men a prophet from crete has said about them the people of crete are all liars cruel animals and lazy gluttons liars people who lie and tell half truths lies need truths to stand and feed on but they're lies they're twistings it's food salad it's 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 word truth spaghetti all jumbled up with no order and no no rhyme or reason so reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith they must stop listening to jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth i do not understand why a guy says i'm torah observant wears a beard and says he's a christian and he talks about the father this and the father that and the father this but he doesn't pray in the name of jesus christ guy's gone to a baptist church he looked around and some of the people in the baptist church weren't very intentional like what i'm seeing but the guy got so upset he joined these kind of sabbath movements with with growing crazy hair follicles in your face and thinking somehow that god is cool with that i just really don't get it god is cool with you changing your heart and forgiving and getting along with people and showing some kind of a discipline in how you dress and carry yourself not being a sloppy um sloppy bum everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and their consciences are corrupted some people claim they know god but they deny him by the way they live they are detestable and disobedient worthless for doing anything good lord am i worthless am i a religious worthless person who doesn't really like people and is good for nothing am i just the guy who comes in listens to the sermon and just leaves and couldn't care less what happens in the church as long as i'm proud and entitled and ego to come in and just have my treat my sermon and then my treats afterwards say a coffee and say bye i'll see you next week is that what i am because if it is i don't want to be that have a great night